Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the FedEx St. Jude Championship, this week's stop on the PGA Tour. Quick rundown of how we're going to do that. First, we're going to recap the Wyndham from last week. Then we're going to preview this week's course, TPC Southwind. And then I will be giving you some high-priced and low-priced golfers that I like heading into this week, as well as starting to build our fantasy lineups and make our one-and-done selection for the week at the very end. If you like what you're hearing here on the podcast and want our full picks for the FedEx St. Jude Championship, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. We got a full article on there for premium members where we outline our full picks for the week. Also, got a lot of fantasy football content coming your way on the podcast and on the Patreon, as well as the rankings that are already up. We got receiver episodes and a mock draft episode coming up this week, and we have our full fantasy football draft guide available on the Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and start talking some golf. Let's get into the recap for the Wyndham, and then we're going to start talking about this week. Last week, the Wyndham Championship brought us some hits and some misses as the PGA Tour ended its regular season. The big miss we had last week, I was wrong on Webb Simpson, y'all. Webb was our one-and-done pick for the week. I mentioned his strong course history at Sedgefield, and Webb actually withdrew on Friday right before the weather delay, where he was going to miss the cut anyway, so I'm going to consider it a missed cut. Yeah, we, we were all over it. We were all over Webb, missed the cut, let us down. That was our big miss last week. He hadn't missed the cut at the Wyndham in like a decade, so it was kind of insane that that happened. Uh, however, we were right about Tom Kim or Ju Young Kim or J.H. Kim. I'm going to call him Tom Kim. We were all over him in our lineups last week. We were all over him on the analysis and how hot he had been the last month or so. And so Tom Kim, we got that one right last week. All right, now let's take a look at TPC Southwind and see if we can get another one right this week. TPC Southwind is our course this week for the FedEx St. Jude Championship. It is a par 70. It is 7,237 yards, and it has Bermuda grass greens, and it is located in Memphis, Tennessee, if you're looking to target golfers that are regional. Now, one word of caution. When you are doing your research this week, this event is actually technically brand new. However, We've been playing at TPC Southwind on the PGA Tour for a long, long time. It was previously the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. That was the event that has been played for about the past decade or so. It was a WGC event, so it was about 60 players and about no cut every year that it was played. So if you're looking at a player's course history and you see that they finished 45th, and you're like, oh, that's a made cut, that's not an unsuccessful weekend. Well, guess what? 45th out of 60 in a no-cut event, that's actually kind of a poor finish. So be very wary when you're doing your research because this event is actually taking place of the Northern Trust, which was the formerly the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. That event was won by Tony Finau last year. It was played at Liberty National, previously played at TPC Boston, which is not TPC Southwind. So when you're doing your research, make sure you're getting the history for TPC Southwind, the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, not the Northern Trust or any other event, all right? TPC Southwind has been the host of the WGC FedEx St. Jude for over a decade, so that is going to give you a very good key in on-course history, and remember that it was a no-cut event. Now, if you look back to the history of the winners at this course, this is a ball strikers course. It's not like 
Detroit Golf Club where it's a bomber's course. It's not like Sedgefield with the Wyndham where it is an accuracy course. It TPC Southwind, you want to be long and straight. You're going to have to gain strokes off the tee and on approach if you want to win this week. And if you look at the history of winners, that checks out. It's very elite level ball strikers, Abraham Answer, Justin Thomas, to name a few, who simply had a hot week with the putter. It's not necessarily a course where guys who are good putting are going to gain a lot of strokes because the greens aren't super massive. They're not super complicated, but you're going to have to put yourselves in good position off the tee, and you're going to have to put yourself in good position on the green if you want to roll home enough putts to win. There's a lot of water hazards. There's a lot of tree trouble you could find yourself in. So like I said, I want guys who are long and straight this week. If you look at all the statistics, strokes gain approach is actually highest correlated to success here at TPC Southwind. So again, ball strikers. I want guys who are very accurate with their irons, and I want guys who are long and accurate off the tee that will allow them to be in position to be accurate with their irons. In terms of course comps, it's very similar to other TPC courses. So if you look at any tournament that's played with a TPC type course, it's going to be similar outcomes. So this is the players with Sawgrass. This is the waste management with TPC Scottsdale. They're all going to be pretty flat lies, pretty narrow fairways with tree lines, you know, a lot of water hazards. They're all pretty similar at the end of the day in terms of the TPC courses. This is also leg one of the FedEx Cup playoffs. So what that brings with us is we are going to have an absolutely elite level field this week. I believe it's technically 122 golfers, unless somebody has withdrawn since last time I looked. But it is 122 of the best golfers on the planet who didn't defect to live. And so it's one of the best fields we've seen probably outside of a major in a long, long time. With that being said, that provides us some very soft pricing. Guys that are in the $6,000 range are totally viable options, and guys that are in the $7,000 range are more used to being in the 8s and 9s on a normal PGA Tour event. We also are in an event now, with it being the playoffs, where this is some big-time money these guys are competing for. Guys want to play well in this, so that way they can make more money, and in some cases, earn their tour card for next season. So we're looking at nobody's checking out this week. Nobody is mailing it in. Everybody is here to win this golf tournament. All right, let's now talk about some high-level options that I'm looking at heading into next week. Starting off at the very top of the board is Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy is in the midst of an absolutely historic stretch of golf. He has been on fire the past two or three months, and he has only cashed it in for one win. He's gained at least six strokes to the field, in his last eight starts, which dates all the way back to the Masters, and he's averaged about 12.5 strokes gained per start. For reference, on the PGA Tour, the winner of any given golf tournament gains an average of 14 strokes. So Rory's pretty much been on track to win almost every tournament he's teed it up in since the Masters. 19th at the Travelers is his worst finish in the last four months. At this event, you know, previously the WGC FedEx St. Jude, he's finished 12th, 47th, and 4th. 
I see no reason to think that Rory is going to fall off. He is the top-priced golfer for a reason on both FanDuel and DraftKings, and I can absolutely see myself playing him this week because I I hate using the word that he's due for a win, but he's playing some outstanding golf. He's going to put himself, if he keeps playing at this level, in position to win, and I think that he will eventually have some more wins coming in the near future. I think that the fact that he didn't win at the Open Championship, you know, obviously a heartbreaking loss for him. He played very well for four straight days and still couldn't win the golf tournament because Cam Smith just putted the lights out. But I think that Rory is in great shape to put himself in contention. He's a very safe option here at the top of the board. I can absolutely see myself plugging him in lineups, and it wouldn't shock me if on Sunday night he won this event. Second in pricing on DraftKings is Scotty Scheffler, still the world's number one, and he still has not played since the Open Championship, so I don't know whether that is going to be rest and he will be rejuvenated or if that will be knocking the rust off this week. Rest or rust is always a debate here on the PGA Tour. In two tries at this event, he's finished in 14th and 15th. He's, you know, his profile kind of sets up good for for this event because he is somebody who hits the ball long and he is somebody who hits the ball straight. He is an elite level ball striker. Just sometimes the putter isn't always there. And in fact, if you look at his last three starts, he's actually lost strokes putting to the field. So if you are a believer in Scotty Scheffler, which I am, I think he's an elite golfer. He's kind of on track to, if he could just flip around the putter and start gaining strokes on the green, he could very easily cash that in for a win, top five or top 10. Like I said, he fits the course profile well, and I really like Scotty's chances this week. Xander Shoffley is another one who kind of fits the course profile. He is a ball striker. This is a ball striker's course. His best finish at this event is sixth, and Xander is still coming off of a red hot summer. He had two wins in his last three starts. If you look at the last 32 rounds among all golfers on tour, Rory McIlroy is first in strokes gained and Xander Shoffley is second in strokes gained. He is absolutely appropriate priced where he's at and I think he's a lock to finish in the top 10 or 15 here at this event. Next up is Cam Smith, who has not teed it up since winning the Open Championship. Cam Smith finished fifth here last year, which if you remember watching last year, I believe he was very much in play to win on Sunday and found himself with tree trouble and tried this absolute like hero level impossible shot that just didn't work. And that very much cost him the tournament. So, you know, when you're looking at that fifth, it's a fifth that very easily could have been a first or a second if he found his way into that playoff. He also finished 12th here in 2019. You know, with Cam Smith, I don't think he fits the course profile as well as other golfers at the top, but man, when he gets hot with that putter, it is something to watch. In my opinion, he is the best putter in the world right now, and I think he proved that at the Open Championship. So if he's going to have a week where he is anywhere close to that on the putting greens, I think that Cam Smith is always a threat to win if he's going to putt like that. And so I think he's appropriately priced where he's at. I could see myself deploying him this week. And like I said, that finish fifth here last year, if he manages his mental just a little better, we might be looking at the guy who won here last year instead of the guy who finished fifth. Three more top-rated options. First is Patrick Cantlay, who in his last three starts on tour has finished second, eighth, and fourth. He has never been better than 12th at this event, however. If you look back at Patrick Cantlay's spring and summer, 
He had a missed cut at the PGA Championship, but other than that one missed cut, he has not finished 13th since the RBC Heritage, which is the event after the Masters in April. So he's almost on the same level of playing field that Rory is. Thing you also have to remember about Patrick Cantlay, he won the FedEx Cup last season. This was the time of year where he got really scorching hot, had a decent finish here last year, won the uh, BMW Championship in Caves Valley in Maryland, and then won the Tour Championship. So this time of year, you know, good vibes for Patrick Cantlay. He fits the course profile. He's on a red-hot tear. Even though he hasn't finished better than 12th at this event, I definitely like his chances this week. Next up is Justin Thomas, who is in a weird, weird stretch. He hasn't really played a whole lot of PGA Tour golf, and he hasn't finished any better than 37th since June. However, like I said, this is a ball strikers course. Who do we think of when we think ball striking? We think of Justin Thomas. He won this event in 2020, and he is an absolute fit for the course. So, you know, this brings up the whole course fit versus recent form debate. With JT, the recent form is not there. The course fit is absolutely there. Next up is John Rahm. John Rahm has been very inconsistent recently here on the PGA Tour. He hasn't really done much since winning at Mexico, and I don't really think this is the best fit for John Rahm in terms of the course. John Rahm is best at courses like Torrey Pines, um, and I would say even you know general U.S. Open type venues in Muirfield Village also, because he is at his best when he gets to fire long irons into greens. He's one of the best long iron players on tour. So courses that have 500 yard par fours, or you know they have thick rough where guys are going to have to hit longer irons out of thick rough. Those are courses that shape up well for John Rahm. I don't think this is one of those courses. All, most of the par fours on this course are below 400 or 450 yards. And so he's not going to have those long irons in his hand that he is better at than everybody else. So because of the inconsistent recent form, because of the lack of a course fit, I could see myself staying away from John Rahm this week. All right, that does it for the upper echelon on DraftKings. Let's move down a level and talk about some specific guys that I like this week. Looking one level down. The first guy that catches my eye is Matt Fitzpatrick. He fits as the course profile as a ball striker, and he also has two top six finishes here at TPC Southland. Next up, Tony Finau. I can't recall the last time somebody won in back-to-back starts on tour and was this disrespected at their price point. To me, he seems very underpriced coming off of how scorching hot he is. And if you look at the last 32 rounds on tour, he is third in strokes gain total behind only Rory and Xander. Finau is red hot. He seems to have absolutely unlocked his complete potential and... I kind of feel like I can keep riding the Finau train this week. I definitely could see him contending again. He might not win. This is a stronger field than the two events that he won. But I think that he's just, he, he's playing the best golf of his career. And I think he's criminally underpriced where he's at on FanDuel and DraftKings. Sam Burns lost in the playoff here last year. While you can't really speak much about his recent form, he hasn't played since the Open and didn't really have a great trip to Scotland. If you look at just TPC Southwind, he averages gaining 1.2 strokes on the field per round. That is an elite level course history. However, it was only twice that he's played here. But if you look at just the playoff loss and his other finish, I think that Sam Burns is a very good play heading into this week. 
Will Zalatoris. I've mentioned for two weeks in a row how the courses that Will Zalatoris has been playing were not good course fits for him. Well, guess what? He finished more or less about 20th in both of those starts. This is a much better course fit. Will's very long and he's very straight. He also has a new caddy on the bag, so maybe there's just some different vibes heading into this event for him. I could totally see Will picking up his first win this week. I would still like to see a little more with this caddy and a little more um, recent form than he's got, but I definitely think this is a better spot for him than the last two events that he's teed it up in. Colin Morikawa. I cannot recall in his career Colin Morikawa being this cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings. However, it kind of comes for good reason. He has not made a cut since the U.S. Open, so this recent form that he's got is just absolutely god-awful, and you know, I, you know, I, it's hard to get over that. It really is, but the price for a guy of this skill level is absolutely insane. He fits the course profile perfectly because he is, like Justin Thomas, an elite-level ball striker. So, I don't know. If you can get over the recent form, the price that you're getting from Morikawa is insane. But if you think that the recent form continues, then there'd be no reason to even think about playing him. All right. Let's go further down the board and talk about some better values. Some guys that you can help, you know, relieve some of that salary on FanDuel and DraftKings here after this quick break. If you like what you're hearing here on the podcast, please make sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Our full golf picks always go live on the Patreon on Tuesday or Wednesday every week, as well as a plethora of fantasy football advice and articles that will help you dominate your league this season. Check it out, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Looking at values here at the FedEx St. Jude is actually very easy because, like I said, this field is so good. Guys that are priced very far down the board are still viable options. They're guys that can make the cut and have a run on the weekend. If you're looking at recent form, the king of recent form is Tom Kim. He's sitting there again and... I'm very tempted to play him again. He's just scorching hot, and he's doing it by being very accurate. He hit like almost every fairway at Sedgefield, it felt like, if you were watching the broadcast. He also hit every mid-range putt, it felt like, if you were watching the broadcast. So if when you're looking at that combination of accuracy and a hot putter, and just the kid just seems like he's on top of the world right now, I just I could continue seeing myself playing Tom Kim in fantasy because it just seems like his price doesn't match up with his recent form. Next up is Russell Henley, who has very quietly finished 5th and 10th in his last two starts. Again, he is a very accurate golfer, and this is a course that lends itself to accurate golfers. So while he's not the longest off the tee, I could see Russell Henley having a go here this week. Next is Tyrrell Hatton. Hatton, again, very quietly, three straight top 24s. As a ball striker, I think he fits the course profile. You never know how the putter and the driver are going to go with Tyrrell, and I think that this week, you know, this course kind of, you don't have to be the king of hitting every drive perfect. You don't have to hit every 30-foot putt. So I think that, you know, the course shapes up pretty well for Tyrrell. I think that his recent form is encouraging, and I could see myself putting Tyrrell in my lineups this week. Taylor Pendrith has not finished worse than 13th since returning from injury at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Now, one word of caution with Pendrith is this is a much stronger field than any event that he's played in, but... I mean, he's just absolutely crushing the ball right now. He's, he's killing it off the tee. He's gaining strokes on approach. I just He's playing really great golf, and I could see myself going back to him. I don't think it would be reasonable to expect him to finish 13th again like he has seemingly every week, but I definitely think that he could finish top 15, top 20 if he puts it all together here this week in Memphis. JT Poston. 
If you ignore his miscut at the British Open, which just seemed like a horrible course fit and an event that he hadn't really played in a whole lot, he's been outstanding since the Travelers Championship. He won at the John Deere. He had a runner-up as well. And so if you're banking on recent form, JT Poston is another guy that I would go to. Another king of recent form is Scott Stallings, who, much like Taylor Pendrith, has not finished worse than 13th since the Travelers Championship. Callum Terran, the young Brit, has not finished worse than 27th in his last five starts. While this field is a step up, I think his game is in good shape, and I think he is criminally underpriced on both sides. Taylor Moore has got two straight top sixes, and if you look just at the last 16 rounds on tour, he is 14th among all golfers in this field in strokes gained. I think if you're looking for somebody to go way down on the board in price, he's a very quiet name, Taylor Moore, that can make you some money because he could very well end up finding himself in the top 10, top 15 over the weekend. Brandon Wu, four top 30s in his last five. That's another last kind of bit of recent form that you're going to hear from me. And like I said, four top 30s in his last five, that's pretty darn good. If he gets a top 30 this week, he's absolutely going to repay his price. Now, let's talk about some course fits. So if you can go back to these two guys that burned you last week, they both have elite level course history here. Shane Lowry has three straight top 30s here in Memphis. And then Webb Simpson, I almost said Webb, Webb Simpson has three straight top 15s at this event. Both of these guys burned us last week. Both of their, Lowry has some decent recent form, but Webb has terrible recent form. So if you can get over the sentiment of last week, I could absolutely see the argument that these two guys have elite course history and that they should be in lineups. I don't think I can get to it on Webb because he has just been horrible lately. I'm going to need to see him put it together before I'm putting him back in any of my lineups. Billy Horschel has three straight top 25s at this event, and he finished fourth here in 2017. If you're looking for somebody who tends to turn it on in the FedEx Cup playoffs, Alex Noren is that guy. He historically plays well in the playoffs, and with this being the first playoff event, he knows that you know that paycheck, he's going to be gunning for it this week. He's a guy that does it well on the regular here in the playoffs. Corey Connors. He's never finished overly well here, but he is an elite ball striker. He is the typical guy that he's going to gain strokes off the tee and gain strokes on approach, but he is a horrible putter of the golf ball. So if you just think that that putter could turn around for maybe just one week, it could always be Corey Connors' time. However, that week hasn't come in a few years. So if he could just put it together with the putter for one week, Corey Connors is a great fit for the course and a great opportunity to play well here in Memphis. Seamus Power is in the middle of his best PGA Tour season ever, and in two tries here, he's finished 27th and 12th. So if he's in his best season ever, and he's already finished 27th and 12th here, it's very reasonable to expect him to do better than that. I think he is underpriced where he's at. I think that the missed cut at the open has kind of got that price down a little bit. I think it's going to get ownership down a little bit also. So I think Seamus Power is a great play this week. Ches Reeve who is fresh off of his win at the Barracuda Championship, you know, the weird Stableford event while the Open was going on, has three top sixes here at this course, and that's pretty doggone good. Three top sixes. If you get a top six out of his price, that's absolutely paying for itself. And then the last one, Andrew Putnam, has only played here twice, very low priced, but he's played great at this course in two showings, and he is the last value play that I will discuss. Now, let's start building this lineup. 
I think this week is a great week to go with the Stars and Scrubs setup on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I would probably start out my lineup this week with any of the top six guys. I could totally see myself playing any of them. I think if I had to choose right now, I'd probably choose either Rory or Scotty Scheffler. And then I would absolutely go with one of the lower level value plays that I mentioned. So either Andrew Putnam, Taylor Moore, Brandon Wu, any of those three guys will help balance out the cost of going with that high price star. Now, I will say after that, I think the one guy that I am locking into my lineups is Tom Kim. Uh, I, like I said, I think I'm just going to keep riding this train. He's been red hot. Let's see if he can keep being red hot and not see if they, you know, if he continues this, they're going to start pricing him more appropriately. And I think that with his recent form, he's just underpriced on both sides and I just feel like I got to go back to the well one more time with Tom Kim. For one and done this week, you probably guessed it. I'm going to be picking Tom Kim in my one and dones this week. Now, little anecdote here. I'm actually in a two and done that's been starting since last fall and is, you know, going to conclude here in two weeks. And in that two and done, I actually have a play left of Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler. So I think I'm going to go with Scheffler there in that two and done because I think this course sets up better for him than the BMW. I think the BMW is going to be a birdie fest. So Scheffler is my pick for that reason in that two and done. But for the one and done, y'all, again, like I said, just keep going back to the Tom Kim well until he lets us down. Um, if you do not see yourself playing Tom Kim. I actually have Tyrrell Hatton still left in a one and done. And I actually also have Seamus Power left in a one and done. So those two guys would be guys I would look at as well as if you want somebody who's just kind of on the recent form train, Taylor Pendrith is another good option. I think this course sets up better for him than the BMW championship. All right, guys, so that pretty much ends our preview of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Again, if you want our full lineups and picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. But if not, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast, and hopefully you will enjoy watching the golf here this week in Memphis. Um, should be a pretty good tournament, should be a fun one to watch, and should have plenty of drama since, you know, it is the FedEx Cup playoffs, which, side note, is probably one of the worst playoffs in sports, but, you know, I'm not here to fix golf. I'm just here to enjoy it. So, thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week.